0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hey guys, before we start today's show, we just want to have a moment of silence here for former Rams running back Otis Anderson Jr., who was tragically killed Monday night. Uh, Anderson was a star running back at UCF for four years before joining the Rams as an undrafted free agent this summer. He played with us in the preseason. Uh, he's only 23 years old, and he's taken way too soon. Uh, our thoughts are in
2: condolences, out to his family. Okay, on with the show.
3: Sean Payton keep talking that we are gonna see him soon. You feel me?
1: Oh right! Welcome to another edition of the Butting Heads Podcast from Rams Talk Radio proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Not just me today. Thank you for everyone who listened to just me on Sunday night or Monday morning, if you chose to do so. Johnny is back from Las Vegas. Johnny, how you doing, man? How how are you riding out this three-game losing streak?
3: With lots of tequila. <laughs> uh, I, that could very well be because I was in Vegas, but uh, I, I'm just going to say... That I'm coping with lots of tequila.
1: I <laughs> I don't blame anyone for coping, however they're coping. Uh, the good news is Sean McVay is 0 and 0 when after after three straight losses. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's pretty dark. <laughs> All right, well, recording this Tuesday night. Uh we will be talking about more about the the loss, uh because Johnny was not here this week and just kind of the team outlook moving forward. Considering doing some Jacksonville preview today, but listen, man, I mean what's the point? If they lose to the Jags, the the sky the sky is falling. Uh we could crank up the panic button very high if they lose to the fucking Jags this week. I don't think anyone thinks they will because this team is very good at beating bad teams, which is great. Uh, that is not something the Rams were always good at doing, but Johnny, we are coming off the, came off the bye week, headed up to green Bay, big matchup America's game of the week with the Packers. And we kind of got our ass beat. Uh, how, how are you feeling about the team, about this loss? I mean, what get, give me all your thoughts about it, man. So
3: there's several ways you can look at this. Um, so obviously the the main way to look at this is that the sky is falling and you wouldn't be incorrect in a way because as you mentioned steve that's three straight losses to uh well two very good teams and one kind of eh team in the in the 49ers um
1: i I think you could say pretty good you know eh. above average
3: yeah okay I'll, i'll give you above average But uh, yeah, so obviously, you know, if you lose to these big, you know, these big games against like the the Packers, it's not such a big deal. Like I would much rather take a loss to the Packers as opposed to like the New York Jets from last year. I'll, I'll take that any day. But the kind of bad way of looking at things is this is a team that has already said that they're all in and they've made corresponding moves that basically suggest that they were all in. But that being said, since they are all in and they can't beat these, you know, uh, more competitive teams, that doesn't make you confident them going to the playoffs. Because at this point it's Super Bowl and bust and and, and if the Rams continue to play at such a low level; it'll be a miracle to make the playoffs. Now, I'm not doubting that they can make the playoffs because I think it's still a very good chance, despite the third straight loss.
1: It would be shocking if they can't if they miss the playoffs. It would be absolutely
3: yes. insane. Exactly. So,
1: in in that regard,
3: that's fine. But this isn't a team that, that you know, we're trying to at least make the playoffs. No, this is a team that they want to at least make the Super Bowl and not just make it, but win it. And so far, there is absolutely zero confidence that that can happen because they haven't been able to really stick it to, you know, these highly competitive teams. And that's, that's where the issue really lies here. Because, again, I am not necessarily upset that the Rams lost to the Packers, because, hey, take nothing away from the Green Bay Packers. They are a damn good football team. And, you know, the record shows it. And, you know, they may have came off a terrible loss uh, against the Vikings a couple weeks ago, but it it's not to suggest that the Vikings... Are like the New York Chets lost the, that the Rams did last year. You know, they're still a competitive team as well. Uh, so, in in all, so in everything, that's what the main reason why people are suggesting this guy is falling. Not necessarily that the Rams are aren't going to make the playoffs or anything, though. If they lose to the Jaguars, that might be a very good possibility, uh, but. Um it's it's the disappointment that they just don't seem to, to be able to compete with higher echelon teams. And that that's the, the main thought in all of this for me. Steve, am, am, am I uh overreacting or um or am I rot on or, or am I stupid? Possibly I, I... all three.
1: <laughs> hey, maybe I, I No, I think you're reacting properly. Um, <laughs> I know I was tweeting with uh, Austin, one of our listeners, the other day, and he was saying how everyone's reacting very harsh to this game, like we should be bringing it back up, and the sky falling, And it's Like, the sky isn't falling, but I could feel the drizzle, and a storm might be on the way, or it might not be, and it'll pass. And I'm not sure where to feel yet. Like, yeah, Green Bay is great. This is the best team we've lost to this year. Um, I don't think it's crazy to say that. Maybe the Cardinals, but either either way, one of the best teams we've lost to. But, and and if this was, if this game happened a month ago, it it would not be getting the reaction it got. It's a bad loss. Uh, There are a lot of big concerns coming out of this game, but I think what, is so frustrating about it is a it's off a bye week you have two weeks to prepare for this game and it looks like you didn't uh b it's our third straight loss and c it's another loss to a good team obviously losing to bad teams is worse but for a team that has seven wins only one of them is against a team with a winning record and all four of the losses are against teams with a winning record so it's there's a lot of tough pills to swallow with this loss and it, like You mentioned Jacksonville. Listen, if they lose to Jacksonville next week, somebody's getting fired. I don't know who it is, but somebody's going to get scapegoated for that loss unless we lose because a big-time player gets injured, which, I mean, Jesus Christ. God, no. Um, But you're right, man. Like, we're all in. They've said they're all in. Everything they're doing points to this team being all in this year, and it's, you know, like, It's a Super Bowl or bust. You're right. You know, if they go to the NFC championship and lose, I'm not going to like, you know, it's going to suck, but I wouldn't call the season a complete failure. But anything less than that, yeah, the season's a failure because you made it to the second round last year with Jared Goff and you traded him along with a shitload of draft capital to bring in a guy to replace him. Then you trade the rest of your draft capital to bring in Von Miller to bolster this team to push in for the Super Bowl. So if you don't even sniff it, if you get eliminated in the second round to the Packers per se, uh, the season's a complete failure and there's going to be a lot of looking in the mirror and there's going to be no draft capital to help the team. A lot of the reason why people are beating this 2-2 Atwell draft pick to death is because we don't have a second round pick next year. Our first pick is going to be in the 100s. Uh, We haven't had first-round picks, and you have limited opportunities to add around the margins to this roster behind your star players. And when you waste it on a fifth-wide receiver instead of addressing any of the positions of need, and then, to top it all off, the guy doesn't end up contributing anything. Obviously, he's hurt. His career is not over. He might contribute something into the future, but there's not really a path to him being in the top three receivers next season unless someone gets injured and Odell Beckham's here and we might have to bring him back potentially so he might not even be in the top fucking four receivers uh it's just things like that are, are frustrating and when you like why even bring that up right now after this loss well you saw the cracks on this team are in full display inside linebacker as we've been harping on for two fucking years came into full fruition in this game as Troy Reader got absolutely cooked all over the field Um, the line played fine but you know you could use depth there Brian Allen's been playing playing good this year but last couple games he hasn't looked as sharp as he did early in the year and that's a position we could have addressed with some depth or a guy that could have potentially replaced him the cornerbacks in the 49er game and in the um, I mean the 49er game really were awful beyond Jalen Ramsey this game you get Dante down back and he didn't play very well and look man he's a guy who's floated around the practice squad for years for a reason uh he played you know as good as you could expect really like he's not going to be a, a savior of this defense uh, these are all positions that could have been addressed in the draft you could have drafted an edge rusher so you don't have to mortgage the farm to bring in Von Miller. you probably do that anyways but it's just things are piling up concerns that we've had all year and in this game, you know, beyond Stafford, who we'll talk about later, the biggest holes in this roster, the, you know, a, the inside linebacker getting exposed, being able to attack that hard and b just, this is really a draft thing, but just like the complete ineptitude of the special teams unit and how that has been going on all year and going back to last year and just they're not addressing these things because they keep bringing in toys like Deshaun Jackson and Tutu Atwell. When you have serious needs, you need to fix on the roster. It's, it's kind of just like a, like a kingdom come moment for this team of just like everything colliding that is wrong with this roster. And I think, you know, like people are going to study these games in the playoffs and Good quarterbacks, as long as Troy Reader is on the field in coverage, are going to continue to abuse him. And uh, it's just, it's been a deflating couple of games. You know, the team is still, yes, they're still going to make the playoffs, but, you know, I don't have any faith that this team can win a playoff game, let alone go to the Super Bowl. They're probably going to be the fifth or sixth seed. The top four teams in the conference are really fucking good. Um, And you're going to have to play great football to beat them. And I know we beat Tampa Bay earlier in the year. So, yeah, they could beat these teams, but it's not going to be easy.
3: No, absolutely not. And part of what you mentioned there, Steve, is uh, you hit the nail on the head is, uh, you know, not addressing the serious concerns of the offseason, you know, kind of basically putting Band-Aids in certain areas. Uh, inside linebacker, we knew was going to be a huge concern, but we were hoping that with Raheem Morris um, and them being fully aware of, of last year, the performance of the inside linebackers, that this would be fine. But not only did they not address the position, I mean, I guess they kind of did by putting in rookie, you know, Ernest Jones in there. But you can't expect the guy to be a stud right away. This wasn't a a first round pick, you know this and while that doesn't necessarily translate into a uh, a stud you know inside linebacker, it's a better odd than you know somebody that's being uh, picked in the third or fourth round, you know and that's that's not addressing the position at all. And to make matters worse, the Rams trade away their best inside linebacker earlier this season, and Kenny Young for virtually nothing. Now I get it; it probably helped to free up space for um, uh, for Odell Beckham because really they they didn't they're not paying Von Miller much. I think it's only like a ridiculous like I think like less than a million for sure.
1: yeah barely anything and i think like it kind of you know kenny young is not very good um a lot of people uh sosa i saw on twitter in particular and a lot of other people are quick to point out that he sucks um i don't know if he fully sucks but it kind of like exacerbates the point even that the position was that bad that like we traded kenny young and everybody's freaking out about it you know, you replace him with Ernest Jones, but I'd still rather have Kenny Young and Ernest Jones and Troy Reader and Ernest Jones. Uh, the, the, this experiment clearly is not working out. And at this point, I would rather try literally anything next week in Jacksonville. You want to throw Traven Howard out there? Yeah, fucking go for it. You want to start Nick Scott or Terrell Burgess at safety or whatever and pull Taylor Wrap up uh, kind of into that inside linebacker hybrid role that he's played in the last group? Yeah, fuck it, man. Anything is better than this. You know, guys, it's been a heartbreaking couple of weeks for the Rams. And for me personally, I spent last Saturday in Philadelphia, attended a game for my beloved Sixers, and they lost in double overtime. And you know what? It was brutal, but it felt good to be back at the Wells Fargo Center, at a game, at a stadium. And if you want to get back to the stadiums, we're all it's great to be back. Great to have fans back you want to get back to the stadium, the best place to get your tickets for that return is TickPick, P-I-C-K, P-I-C-K, it is the original no-fee ticket website, the only website you'll ever need for all your NFL tickets, they got rid of all those god-awful service fees that we all hate, which lets them guarantee you the best prices on NFL tickets, and they stand by this guarantee, guys, if you could find a better price for your seats that are on TickPick on a different website, they will give you 110% of the difference on that purchase price and look as tough sledding has been for the rams they got the jags at sofi this week so that's a game i would want to go to if i was in the area the best place to get the tickets for that game is tick pick use our promo code r-t-r or hit the website tickpick.com slash r-t-r and you'll get ten dollars off your first pair of tickets from tick pick so Head over there, grab your tickets, go see the Rams, go see whatever your local sports team is, have a good time, be back at the stadium with all with all the great fans. It,
3: it, you know the funny thing is I can I can almost accept drafting or I mean not okay, let me let me rephrase that. I uh, I'm happy the Rams went after Ernest Jones because there is potential there. But again, as I mentioned, He's not someone that you should expect to come in and be a, a you know day one starter and he wasn't. and he still isn't. Um, because you have Troy Reader who I mean, the guys he, he's a talented guy to be a backup. That's all he's meant to do. He's not meant to be a starter. And while Kenny Young certainly wasn't the greatest inside linebacker out there, he's still better than the group we had. And that's the big point here. Why trade away your best uh, who wasn't very good to begin with and basically roll with what you have. And it just it, it makes zero sense here. It really does. Because once again, the Green Bay Packers did not do much to expose the Rams' weaknesses. They attacked where they knew they were gonna struggle at. And this year, since, you know, they lost John Johnson and, <laughs> yeah, uh, not to beat a dead horse here because I can go on and on, but this year, since our corner cornerbacks are, are limited as well, you know, uh, Dante Dion is not a Troy Hill. He's not, and he never will be. So, obviously, they're, you know, Aaron Rodgers is being, one of the smartest and best quarterbacks in, in football, yeah, he exposed them and exposed them very easily. And that's that's the big concern here because it's it, it doesn't take a genius to beat the Rams now because you know the weaknesses and the weaknesses are very apparent on the defensive side of the football. Uh, now, Steve also touched on the special teams or the not so special teams. I'm sorry, but Joe DiCamillis needs to be fired. I- I'm just going to come out and say it. You know, I-, I understand he hasn't been a special teams coach for very long, he hasn't even been a full season yet, but holy shit, I have never seen a worse special teams in my life. And mind you, this isn't a trouble with kicking, Uh, you know, kicking field goals. Matt Gay has actually been. Uh, A positive breath of fresh air for the Rams. Um, It was a terrible idea to keep Johnny Hecker. And and evidence of that was this game. Uh, He did not help matters. Of course, it wasn't really him. That was even the worst part of the special team. No, it was the return specialist. Holy shit. I mean, say what you will about the defensive side of the ball. Say what you will about the offensive side of the ball. But you cannot win if you're constantly fumbling the football and putting anybody back there at this point. You know, J.J. Koski should not be returning footballs. But at this point, the Rams are so freaking desperate, they don't know who to put there. <laughs> I you don't know, think have...
1: Koski is going to return
3: anymore. Uh, I No, and he shouldn't. Good Lord, he shouldn't. I mean, you're having your best receiver and probably your best player, offensive player overall in Cooper cup, returning footballs. This guy should be an untouchable and you having him return footballs. I, it still blows my mind and keep in mind that while he is your best overall player, that doesn't mean he's a good return
1: specialist. Oh my God. It's so frustrating. What's funny is I think they realize that too, and they keep trying to replace him and they keep failing. It's like you're going to tell me there's nobody out there that you can sign to just return punts.
3: It it's it's so incredibly stupid because even if you go back to the NFL draft, the Rams by all intents and purposes wanted Dwayne Askridge and. Well, obviously, they didn't get Dwayne Eskridge because the Seahawks chose him before.
1: Right, the so they drafted worse Dwayne Eskridge.
3: Yes, exactly. So they they went after Tutu Atwell. And some of you might say, well, gee, Steve, I mean, Tutu Atwell got injured. He's out for the season. Well, you see, that I could understand, and I could even defend you know, less sneak I could defend Sean McVay, Joe DiCamilis. I could defend all of them because freak injuries happen. You want to know why I'm not doing that, Steve? <laughs> why not? Well, because Tutu Atwell was never a part of the picture, and even Sean McVeigh has said that he wasn't ready.
1: And he didn't return kicks in college, so no. Like it's not like you're drafting a guy who's has their experience returning kicks uh he's undersized he's at a position we don't need it's just, it's just fucking insanity uh we will continue to bring this up on every podcast because it, it needs to be spoken how insane and frustrating that pick is and we're feeling we're partially feeling the effects of it um like you said the injury is bad but he was providing nothing when he wasn't injured it's like even when they have Cooper Cut back there and his job is to just Field the punt, call a fair catch. You know, there was a play in this game where I I couldn't tell, uh, and I was trying to watch Pull Up Game Pass before this podcast and it wasn't working to look at this play again. He either didn't field the punt on purpose or just couldn't get to it. Either was bad, and it rolled to the one, and they easily downed the punt uh, on a beautiful 61-yard punt from former Ram Corey Borquez. <laughs> um it's just like not nothing's fucking working. He he's not even good at just catching and and stopping. And, and there's nobody available to replace him. And Sony Michelle started returning kickoffs. I saw a quote today that he approached Sean McVay to return the kickoffs. He he returned four kickoffs in his NFL career and he returned four of them in college. So he's not experienced in that either. Uh, unfortunately, teams like a lot of teams aren't kicking the ball into the end zone. Probably because they know that the Rams, if they field it, will not get to the 25-yard line. So they don't even have the option to just let the ball roll into the end zone. Uh, I think they should—Stan Kroenke should open up his pocketbook, pull out $100 million, and put it in a truck and drive it to John Fossil's house uh, for next season and bring him home.
3: I mean, why not uh, $970 million there, Steve?
1: And you said Johnny Hecker wasn't the worst part of the special teams unit, but he was fucking awful in this game. Dude, He every punt was bad. Yep. Uh,
3: and, and you want to know the kicker on that is... Good pun. <laughs> I had to, sorry. Uh, the kicker on the whole thing is that Corey Borquez. was was fucking fantastic in this game like he he was excellent I I don't recall a punt where he did terrible and Johnny Hecker just comedically did bad
1: (laughs) yep and you know I get why they did it I'm sure if you go listen to our podcast after the decision I'm pretty sure we understood why they did it and weren't fully on board but were you know it's Johnny Hecker you got to give him the benefit of the doubt that doesn't mean we can't sit here and criticize the decision because I don't get paid to make that decision. Uh, I it, it, I get it, but it was the wrong decision. And, no, the, there's a lot of bad decisions where, like, the process was right and it just doesn't work out. And I don't know if the process was right on this decision, especially because he's got a hefty salary number. I, I know he took a pay cut to stay on the team, but still not cheap. Still a lot cheaper than Bork was exactly not cheaper than bar you know what i mean
3: (laughs) yeah i i got it (laughs) but uh uh, (laughs) yeah not so i'm gonna stop beating a dead you know special teams unit here and you know i'm gonna try and and focus on other aspects but like steve before i change the topic here i have to ask because me personally while there was a lot of blame to go around and yes there was It was a team loss as much as it was anyone else. But am I incorrect to say that the Rams' main, primarily loss, was because of the special
1: units' play entirety? Um. Well, we can't leave out the fact that they did force a turnover on special teams. I guess. I guess. I mean, they didn't totally do it, but Robert Rochelle made a really nice recovery on it. Uh, He's been a good gunner this year, so give him credit there. There might be some promise there as a player. Probably not going to happen this year, but we'll see. Um, No, I—you know, they only had one turnover, and I don't think the punting ruined the game. I think they share a good amount of the blame. To me, I think the primary culprit in this game is the offense— Even though they scored 28 points, they handed away 14 points on turnovers, one of them being a pick six. Um, And there were just so many drives where they just sputtered out. And the defense wasn't perfect in this game, not at all by any means. But you're playing Green Bay, you know. Uh, You take away the 17 points that the offense and special teams gave away, and you only gave up 19 points to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers if this was a shootout, maybe it would have been a little more, but I think the defense put this game in a position that was winnable. And I think the offense threw it away. You know, there were some high points, but like you can't, it's not a way to function as an offense where you're either scoring in four plays or you're just punting in four plays. Uh, they had one real drive uh, late in the second quarter and then the one, the last drive of the game, where they were actual drives where they put strung together plays and scored a touchdown. They also obviously had the two touchdowns where they were chucked massive bombs, which is great, man. You love that. But you you need to have some consistency, and you're not going to be able to win every game just by chucking the ball deep, which has worked for this offense and it's something that should remain in the repertoire. But to punt or turn the ball over on downs five times in like I think five plays or less in addition to the two turnovers that they had uh it's not you can't win like that and there's a lot of blame to go around offensively but I think they're the main culprit and then the special teams um and then the defense should shoulder a little blame but given who was on the other side of the field and there were things they could have done better obviously we talked about reader at length Um, I don't think the pass rush was as bad as people talked it up to be after this game, but it's still the star power in that unit should be better. But to me, I I think the offense deserves the number one priority of blame for this game.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: I I do agree that the offense is uh is certainly um I, I would say that they're certainly one to keep in mind here because there's there's a lot honestly a lot that that the offense could have done better uh, play calling is certainly one of them Sean McVay so I I don't know man some some of these calls I just think. What 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 is the thought process? And I, I can't even limit it to a couple here. There was pretty much throughout the game. And, and mind you, there were certain things that I, I can understand somewhat. Like, uh, obviously, Daryl Henderson kind of being limited in this game due to injury, which kind of sucks. Uh, but, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Um, but even so, if if we shouldn't have abandoned the run game at all, uh, I mean, obviously late in the game when they were trailing by so many points, they didn't really have much of a choice, but then it was leading to, uh, you know, Matt Stafford trying to throw the ball, you know, everywhere. And yeah, uh. Truly, the Rams are feeling the effects of losing uh, Robert Woods as well, because Robert Woods, you know, while he may not have had the best year of his career this year, you could totally tell that his presence there helps a lot. And while Odell, I, I mean, Odell's still, you know, trying to get into the rhythm of the team. It takes more than a couple of weeks to really. You know, be to really you know understand the offense fully. Again, keep in mind that it takes generally players a full off season to learn everything.
1: I mean, so I I'm, thought I'm,
3: I thought Odell played well in this game, he did. especially considering he, the injury. Yeah, he, he did, and and made a spectacular uh, uh, catch where uh, you know kind of gave the Rams a little bit of hope there. Um, you know, that, that was fantastic. And I think that that's the offense that the Rams do have the capability of being, but being so thin at wide receiver is big be- become, um, has become really a problem because again, you essentially had just really Van Jefferson and, uh, and, cooper cup out there you know odell yeah of course was out there but then again he got injured as well and even filling the effects of a rookie ben skaronic being out that says a lot yeah they know
1: they had nobody to play they played um beyond the offensive line in stafford playing 100 of the snaps higby played 100 of the snaps cup played 100 of the snaps Odell and Van Jefferson played 98% of the snaps, and they took a knee before halftime, right? Yep. So I'm guessing that the one snap they didn't play was that one. Or I think Odell came out for like a play at one point. But um, the only player that rotated out at all was Daryl Henderson on the offense. And yeah, they're... It's tough because, yeah, you know, you lost Robert Woods. He's a big loss. It's going to take them a little bit to make up for it. But they shouldn't be playing at this unproductive of a level, snap to snap. It shouldn't be this volatile where, you know, if they're not hitting on a bomb. They're just going to have to do nothing and pump the ball. You know, it, and I hope that they prioritize in the Jacksonville game where, you know, it should be a like it should be a win. There's no world where that should be lost, even how the team has played the last three weeks. Uh, it, hopefully they prioritize just building drives together, which they've done in other games, but they haven't done it in a while, and, and they need to bring that back. It, there is a nice, nice, long, meaty quote here from Sean McVay about what's going on with the offense and why they're not switching personnel or uh, running play action or things they've done historically that have worked. And uh, this is a quote i'll i'll read it it's pretty long so bear with me i think when you look at a lot of those things it's not an excuse but we really got thinned out with some of the of the depth at our receiver and or at our roster and different positions as well not exclusive receivers but losing johnny Munt was a really big loss now you've got confidence in Kendall blanton and bryson hopkins if need be need be okay let's let's pause for a minute johnny that's not true They do not have confidence in those guys. Uh, Can you blame them? (laughs) No, but I, I love that he just threw that in there. That's a lie. Anyways, he continued. But those are all very merited points and definitely things that we've talked about as a coaching staff. I think it's really figuring out our identity that we came into this year with is not going to be able to be the same identity just based on some of the changes we've had. What does that look like in terms of balancing and still being able to do some of the things that Matthew and our opposite players have done at a really high level? while not leaving us susceptible to some of the bad things that have resulted over the last couple of weeks, whether it be timing, some of the turnover. There's a lot of difficult things, all of which you kind of alluded to. And so the challenge for us, and a good challenge, is figuring out a way to maximize their player's skill sets and try be able to try to establish an identity of what exactly we want to look like. I don't think it has to be one thing, or this or that, or only that, but maybe a little bit of a mixture of something that we're talking about. So it, it's... And kind of an encouraging quote in that, like he's realizing that they don't really have an identity right now as an offense. Like they have none whatsoever. And, and I guess a positive of this losing streak is that. Uh, like, it's not really a positive, but they don't really have any chance of getting a home field game in the first round. Uh, considering they lost to Arizona and they dropped another game in the division, they probably have to finish with a better record than the Cardinals who have nine wins and we have seven. So we have to, you know, that's a three game differential. We'd have to finish out, including definitely beating them. And you look at the rest of the schedule, Jacksonville Cardinals, Seattle, Minnesota, Baltimore, San Francisco. I don't think that's likely at all. Um, So they, they will have time to work out the kinks and, truthfully as long as they just, like again these aren't really like positives but I guess this is like a there's a t- like if the glass is empty but there's still a little water at the bottom you can get a sip out of it kind of thing Um if they win two of these games they're probably going to make the playoffs 9 and 8 is going to get you in the playoffs in the NFC this year I think well, <laughs> hopefully when I think 3 if they get to 10 they're good there's no way they miss it at 10 but um I don't know man just trying to look at the bright side so they have time to actually try some things and work it out and experiment and you know they have to figure out how to get the running game better I think the running backs have been fine but we are kind of giving them a little bit of a pass because uh, like we blame coaching a lot I think they could be a little better they're not forcing missed tackles um Henderson's vision I think in the last couple of weeks has has not looked great but I don't know at, at least they're acknowledging that they don't have an identity and they need to have one and you know when they were great and high flying in 27 and 2018 they had an identity and the offense was built around Todd Gurley and maybe more so than the quarterback situation one of the things that a lot of people have aptly brought up recently is you know maybe we even underrated how good Todd Gurley was during that stretch because the offense revolved around him and was one of the best offenses in the league
3: oh no question Todd Gurley was was beast man i, I don't think anyone will will take him for granted it's just unfortunately his his kind of health diminished his uh his longevity which it sucks but it is what it is
1: yeah. It's So it's it's another thing like I think the most concerning thing about this team is you know, we bring up all, all the the problems with this team, you know, the depth at, at the receiving core right now, which isn't their fault. Um they they addressed it to a fault this offseason. Um you know, the the lack of tight ends that could play and resulting in personnel issues and not being able to switch up the offense um and the, the struggles with inside linebacker and cornerback and returner and the bleak the bleak problem here is that they have nobody internally really to put into these roles and there's nobody that could really go out and add to help fill these voids you know i will be happy if they sign fucking anybody to any of these positions if they go out and get a inside linebacker or a cornerback that's floating around there that's maybe not on that's a little uninspiring but has a chance sure they go out and sign like fucking des bryant to be the fourth receiver whatever it's something at least they're trying because i don't know they're just it, it sucks that there's like it we're past the trade line there's nothing they can really do here they don't really have picks in the future they're gonna have to address it in free agency but they have a decent amount of upcoming free agents that they also need to pay so it's you don't feel very good right now. And hopefully we whoop the Jags ass next week and that makes us feel a little better. It's always good putting
3: uh putting somebody down that's that's, you know, that needs to be kicked, you know?
1: <laughs> Man, it's a home game against the Jags. They're two and nine. Their only wins were against Miami in a game I believe uh oh no, two it did play in that game. Okay, so it's a season win. And they obviously beat Buffalo nine to six, which makes no fucking sense. Um, <laughs> but beyond that, they've lost to pretty much everybody. They lost to the Falcons last week. It's on the road. Uh, there is no world where they should lose this game. I mean, like if they lose, we are true. We're we're done. I. There's no point of even watching the rest of the season if they lose this game.
3: You know, about the only team that is having as confusing as a season as the Rams would be the Buffalo Bills. But uh, that's a whole other story. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Actually, they're having a more confusing season. So if you want to feel better about yourself, at least we're not the Buffalo Bills.
1: I think I'd rather be the Buffalo Bills.
3: Are Are you sure? I mean, look at the record.
1: They have draft picks. Uh, okay. I mean, we know their core, like their quarterback is young and good. Not that ours is bad, but I don't know. I He's not they, young. I, I certainly wouldn't feel good if I'm Buffalo either, but I think I'd feel better than how we feel right now. That being said, we might have a better chance to win a Super Bowl this year. Like we might we have a higher ceiling, I think, on this roster, but maybe it's because I haven't really watched them play all a ton. I don't know.
3: Just you—you uh, you know how to kick us in the balls, don't you, man?
1: Man, it's been rough. I—I uh, I, I said on the pod on Sunday. I—if it's out, kind of like in a sick, fucked up way, like enjoyable. How salty Rams Twitter has been. Like it brings me back to the Fisher era, where everyone's just shitting on the team nonstop. Uh, it's much more fun when we're winning, but. <laughs> At least, like, y- y- getting a little enjoyment out of just how fucking rough it is right now. Just seeing people react to it. And there you have it, folks.
3: Steve is a sadist.
1: I, I, listen, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just trying to get the most out of the situation. I would prefer if the Rams won every game until February from here on out. i uh, not very confident that's going to happen
3: yeah good luck <laughs> but yeah anyway I I could go on and on about how disappointing the offense has been um, Matthew Stafford certainly hasn't been as distant as I'd like to be. and mind you not all of it is his fault because man there's been a couple of instances, particularly the Tyler Higby moments. Good lord. What happened yeah. to Tyler Higby?
1: Well, I, I, he was wide open on a pass this week and Stafford missed him. I and mean, what's yeah, concerning that's true. what's concerning about Stafford is and I'm not certainly some of these losses are his fault. Uh the pick six in this game was bad. I, I put that on him. You can't fucking do that. Um the fumble by him was, you know, not his fault. I don't think you expect Big Wit to get blown up at that fucking insane level and i'm pretty sure he got called for hold on that play or maybe that was a different play but um man he just he's missing passes uh some of them to odell you could chalk up to chemistry but there's a pass where he was looking at odell and when the ball released his hand odell was in the spot where the ball landed and he was running a slant route so it's like for a guy who's for an nfl quarterback let alone a good one, you can't miss passes like that. You miss Higby on the wide open corner route. Um, he's got to be better, man. And maybe he really there's a lot of reports that came out this week about how bad his health is right now. Certainly looks like it might be bad. I don't know. I'm. He needs to have a great game against a good team for me to feel good at all about him as our quarterback heading into the playoffs right now.
3: Yeah, and that's that's a fair point too, you know those uh, reports about him uh, having elbow issues obviously that's not something you want to hear from a quarterback and honestly if it gets to the point where you know i if it gets to the point where like he's just not healthy enough and he's more of a liability than a luxury then it may be something that the rams should consider um to uh, putting John Wolford out there. Now, keep in mind, I am not suggesting that John Wolford is the better quarterback, because clearly he's not. And what the little we've seen of him this year hasn't exactly been that great. Uh, but, you know, it, it's not doing the Rams anything any good if the Rams are having to deal with pick sixes every week. Now, that's not an exaggeration because literally he's thrown a pick six in the past three games. That's not good, you know. And mind you, one of those pick sixes was not his fault, but it still happened, you know. The others still happened.
1: Right, but it, it's – um, <laughs> I, I had erased the Higby pick six from my mind, but thank you. um, He <laughs> – Like, at the same time we talk about the health and him being banged up and how it might be affecting his passes, he's still fucking launching 80-yard touchdowns. So, like, how much is it really affecting him? You know, like, you can't be accurate from 10 yards, but you can hit Van Jefferson perfectly on a play that ended up being an 80-yard touchdown. It's it's mind-boggling, and uh, he just needs to clean it up and— we'll see if he can. I really hope he can. But um
2: whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.
1: Let's put the, like, we need to end the, oh, well, were we better off with Jared Goff? Or did the trade really make a difference? Yes, it made a difference. He's much better. We're much better off the position. And now the pressure is on McVay to get his shit together and put the put this offense in a position to win. Trading for Stafford, I, I stand by it. it, was the right move. I don't think I have any regrets with what they gave up. That being said, he needs to be better to for us to feel good about the trade after this year. Um, you know, I, I I think it was a shot that I'm glad they took, but it could certainly age poorly if he plays like he's played the last three games for the rest of the season.
3: Okay. So let me, let me do this, Steve. I can end this argument that people are having that should the Rams have traded for Matthew Stafford And would Jared Goff have done a better job? And the answer is no. I don't need to explain further than that. Just look (laughs) at the Lions record. Not yet. And for those of you that are going to come back at me and say, oh, well, the Lions suck. No shit. But I'm more that Matthew Stafford would have gotten at least a few of those wins in Detroit, you know. Jared Goff looks horrible, and mind you, I don't wish anything bad of the guy, and I hope that his career bounces back in some form or another. It just won't be with the Lions. Uh, It's, yeah, it's not even close. Uh, Matthew Stafford, while he has not been as good as I would have liked him to be this year, he's light years better than Jared Goff. And there's just no question about it. Just, just take a look at Jared Goff playing. I guarantee you'll be just as uninspired as you were last year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same. I, I think the, you know, the, the thing that, you know, in my opinion, what's, you know, my issue is moving on from Goff was the right decision, no matter who we brought in. Uh, exactly. The offense was dead. You bring in Stafford, you give up a lot to get him. I mean, Goff aside, you still give up two first round picks to get the guy. The investment—I—I I don't know, like the investment was it worth it is to be determined. Moving on from golf was worth it, but giving up two first to bring in Stafford for the first eight games of the year, yeah, it was worth it. The last three, not so much. And we still got a couple games to go. There's some big opportunities for him where he's going to get a chance to shine. Obviously, he's going to finally get a chance to win a playoff game. You know, but if we lose in the first round, then. No, it wasn't worth it. Um wait <laughs> hopefully we don't, but I mean listen, man. We got we got a tough schedule ahead. It's it's honestly a record at the end of the year, assuming that we don't win the divisions not really gonna matter. You know, you look at the playoff standings right now, San Francisco's the game behind us at six and five, Washington, Minnesota, Atlanta, New Orleans, all five and six. I, San Francisco might pass us, but we're probably not dropping past six. And I mean, the teams at the top of the pecking order, Arizona, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Dallas, I think you'd want to play Dallas the most, but man, Dallas is still pretty fucking good. Uh, we, we got some work to do before we want to realistically sit here and say, yeah, we should beat Dallas in the first round, if that's who we're eyeing as our first-round opponent. Uh,
3: at this point, I it should be that the Rams should shouldn't fear to play anybody obviously there might be preferences like uh, for example last year when uh, the Washington football team made it you know that that was kind of what teams were hoping to play against but um, it, it's really not that way this year because as as you mentioned Steve, Pretty much, the top teams are all freaking good, yeah. and, uh, and there, there's no there's no way around it. So, the Rams need to figure it out, and, and they need to figure it out quickly, or else they will be a, an early round in uh, exit.
1: If um if you need something to feel better, the Cowboys have also lost three of their four last three of their last four games, and I'm sure they're sitting here on Cowboys podcast saying. We're probably going to be the four seed and the Rams are pretty fucking good. And at this point, we're probably not going to beat the Rams with the way we're playing, losing to the Raiders and the Broncos. So <laughs> like if if you need to feel a little better, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't like you, you want to hold the fifth seed because as much as I think the Cowboys are still good, I would rather play them for sure than tampa bay or green bay or arizona all right did we miss anything on this podcast uh no
3: i think we've had enough uh beating down on the rams i will give a couple shout outs to about the only players that really shined you know cooper cup continues to do very well um you know, Jalen Ramsey continues to do his thing. Aaron Donald continues to do his thing. Uh, you know, give props to Von Miller for that one hit on Aaron Rodgers. That felt good to see. Um, <laughs> uh, it was only one time, but hey, I'll take it. Um, and beyond that, it's just
1: eh. Hey, Greg Gaines played great. I give him a shout. Fair enough.
3: I forgot about Greg that Gaines. That sack yes. was awesome. Yes, Greg Gaines... Uh, he, he actually continues to be a bright point, considering that the Rams, you know, lost um, Sebastian Joseph Day, who was also a very key loss on this defense. But you know what? He's he's helped kind of pick up the pieces there. And, uh, you know, hats off to him and he, he's having a fantastic
1: year. Yeah, man, he's about the only guy who's filled in for somebody this year that has hasn't really missed a beat. Every other loss has been felt pretty pretty harshly, um, but he, he's filling in for Sebastian Joseph Day and doing well. Um, I don't know if Jalen Ramsey deserves props after this game. Not saying he was like bad, but I don't think like it wasn't great. You know, he's better than the other guys covering Devontae Adams, but he still gave a it gave up a decent amount of catches. Yeah,
3: that that's not saying much that he did better than the other corners, but yeah. I'm not uh, I'm not concerned.
1: Know. I'm not concerned at all. Don't take that as anything like that, but um I don't, you know, I'm not going to pat him on the back for this performance. It wasn't one of his best.
2: Maybe
3: not one of his best, but to be fair, it's DeVonte Adams.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, he's really fucking good. And it's Aaron Rodgers. Um I thought Darius Williams played all right. I think he's getting better as the season's gone on. I thought Taylor mm-hmm. Rapp played bad. I thought Jordan Fuller played pretty good.
3: <laughs> this is, Let's end the podcast before I'm I'm uh, even more depressed.
1: <laughs> Van Jefferson started out great and then ended the game horribly. Uh, okay, yeah, let's wrap it up. Um, we'll be back with you guys probably next week, maybe earlier. We'll see um but give us a follow on twitter at c rare at johnny five at talk rams uh five star rating and our pockets if you haven't already and we'll talk to you guys soon
3: tell sean payton keep talking that we're gonna see him soon you feel me